What's up, swimmers and swimmers? I'm Garrett McCaffrey, and joining us today is the Peterson family head swimming coach at Notre Dame. He's Chris Lindauer, and this is the Swim Swam podcast. Thank you so much for making time to join us today. Thanks, Garrett. Appreciate it. Let's start with that title, the Peterson Family Head Swimming Coach. And um, we had an article on Swim Swam before you were even named as the head coach that they had received an endowment um, to help support the salary of that head coaching position. Um, was that something that was part of negotiations or something that they just told you about as you uh, committed on to become the head coach there at Notre Dame? Yeah, it's a good question. And Carl Peterson is an alum and a benefactor here at Notre Dame. So just super supportive and very thankful for his endowment. Um, it's something that going into the, the process, I knew that they were endowing and going to be supporting this position. So um, it worked out where uh, he was an alum and a, a swimmer for uh, Tim Welsh. And so just to get his support um, and to share his vision, his story about what Notre Dame swimming means to him, just meant the world to me. I was able to have a conversation with him and just sit back and listen, you know, and I thought that that was very valuable and just learning the history of Notre Dame swimming. Obviously a warm welcome to kind of get you, uh, you know, a little bit settled there uh, in South Bend, but what else made this position the right fit for you? That's a great question. I, you know, when I looked at a lot of different factors for me and my family, because this really ultimately was a family move, um, the biggest thing is just the community, you know, and you said it, a warm welcome. Um, right off the bat through the inter interview process, whether it was over the phone or eventually in person, there was just something about it. Um, and a lot of that comes down to the administration. Julie, Julie Schreiber, my sport administrator, has just been phenomenal for me. Um, very welcoming, down to earth, and uh, super supportive in the vision and the culture we're trying to create here. So that was a big indicator of just the quality of people here at Notre Dame that I was immediately attracted to. Um, and the administration as a whole, you know, starting with Jack Swarbrick, our athletic director, um, his commitment to all sports here at Notre Dame is something that I value and is really important to me in this process. So that was a, those were the main factors, but really too, just all of the resources and what Notre Dame means to me, the tradition, the history of excellence, uh, the alumni base, uh, the potential between the high-level, high-profile academics that are that we have here at Notre Dame, the athletic brand, um, the ND, the logo. You know, it's the most re representative uh, college logo in, in college athletics. You know, so uh, there's a lot of factors that came into play, but at the end of the day, you know, it just felt like the right fit, the right time. As an undergrad at Louisville, academics was a big thing for you, um, and you know, you did extremely well uh, in academics and on that side of the of the coin, so to speak. What else makes you the right fit for this position? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's the hunger and the vision. Um, you know, I knew, I knew that I always wanted to be a head coach. And I knew that going through the process and doing it the right way, learning the right way, and taking my time. Um, and I think I was very fortunate to do it consistently in one place. But, um, you know, I, over the years, building those athletic relationships and having those experiences with our student athletes, seeing, you know, from walk-on to Olympian, 
um, success stories and being able to partner with them, that passion, that journey, embracing those moments, that to me is what coaching is all, all about. So um, when the opportunity opened up and I had a chance and obviously speaking with Arthur, who was a mentor to me, my own coach, um, he looked at me and, and over the years, you know, when, when Arthur talks, I listen and he's like, you're ready, you're ready. And that just validated that. And so um, I, I knew at that point, like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So if you get the, uh, the thumbs up from Arthur, one of the best coaches in the country and in, in the world, um, that's obviously a, a good thing. But the transition is still, there's differences between being a, an assistant coach and a head coach. How, how do you have to change in order to be a great head coach versus how you were able to be um, as the assistant? Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, as an assistant, I think you're more, more of a position player, position coach. You know, obviously um, at Louisville, I was more sprint focused, working with the sprint group, uh, even though I coached everything over my tenure at, at Louisville. Uh, but it's more in the management mode. You know, I need to make sure that I'm available, you know, as, as much as I possibly can. And that's not only to our student athletes, but to our staff and then working with, with our administration as well. There's a lot of moving pieces that go on behind the scenes. You have support staff, nutrition, strength and conditioning, all of those things, making sure we're managing those appropriately. We're providing and setting up, organizing those resources for our student athletes. As well as, like I said, just being available for our, our staff, you know, make sure I'm quote unquote coaching the coaches and, and meeting their needs and, and being able to sit down and talk with them about their goals and their aspirations and how I can support them. Um, and then obviously to student with the student athletes, I think being a position coach player, you know, from that standpoint, you kind of work with a pocket of student athletes that you're familiar with. For me, it was the sprint group, even though I coached everybody, I think as a head coach, you know, you need to be visible and available and be able to listen to all athletes, you know, about concerns across the board, whether it's about, um, in the, in the pool or in the classroom or socially, whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a specific piece of advice that Arthur would give you now as you're transitioning, but is there anything specific that you see that he brings as a head coach that you want to emulate and really kind of carry that with you as a head coach now? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and it's, it's, for me, it's common sense is just surround yourself with good people, you know? Um, and that first and foremost starts with the staff. You know, so look for characteristics and values that are important to me, you know, and, and so surrounding yourself with good people and then as well as sharing that with your student athletes. And that's a culture piece. I think culture development um, at Louisville was a crucial part to their improvement rate there and the success we were able to have uh, there as well. So, you know, culture development um, and really, really pouring into that family aspect and that family piece is super important to me. So. Um, but bottom line, it's, it's finding, finding good people and, and working with them and, and dreaming big with them and, um, and also sharing that with the closest around you, like our student athletes. Well, let's kind of jump to that part of it then and talk about uh, your two hires as assistant coaches, Cameron Chastain and Kelsey Dahlia. Let's start with Cameron. What makes him a great coach and what makes him the right fit to help you with this transition to Notre Dame? Yeah, Cam, you know, for me, there's a few characteristics that were definitely a priority in, in my selection for my staff. And first and foremost is trust. Um, I think that value is super important. Somebody that I know has my back, but also has the rest of our staff staff's back and, um, and can also work well with trust with our student athletes. So Cam, you know, fortunate enough to work with them for seven years. Um, 
on deck at Louisville and then also coach Cam. So I know his work ethic uh, first and foremost. And then I also know, you know, that he's somebody that I can go to and that I can trust. At the same time, he's someone that will come to me and say, hey, Chris, listen, why don't we look at it like this? Or what about this approach? Um, and, and kind of challenge it a little bit. And I, I embrace, I encourage that, you know, bringing new, new, um, new experiences, new opportunities, new ideas to the table and uh, letting them grow, letting Cam grow as a coach while also getting that value for me was a no brainer. I think Cam has a very innovative mind um, and he's hungry. You know, he's, he's driven, driven by that student athlete relationship and that partnership piece to, to pursue success both in and out of the pool. Yeah. And then Kelsey, you know, she's obviously had wild success in the water as an athlete, um, just recently retired and is, is stepping on deck. What have you seen from her that gives you faith that she's going to be good in that transition to coach? Listen, I, th I think with Kelsey um, and many people who know her know this, you know, beyond all the successes she's had in the pool, and we all know those, those, those things, um, bottom line, Garrett, she's a great person. She's a wonderful human being. Um, I love Kelsey. I think she is one of the most humble per people I know, um, giving, um, faith-based, and just a great leader for our sport. So it was a no-brainer. Immediately when I, I knew this was happening for me here at Notre Dame, um, she was the first name that popped up to me. And having the opportunity, again, to coach her over the past 10 years, to work with her, to see her grow you know, from an incoming freshman to her professional career and see everything in life in between, um, those traits and the value that she learned through all of those different things makes her so valuable and such a great asset for Notre Dame. So it was a no-brainer for me. So let's, let's do the same question, but with you. And I know that's kind of tough because you got to brag about yourself and that's not always easy, I understand. But what would Kelsey and Cam, or even your swimmers at Louisville, tell the Notre Dame swimmers about why this is such a great um, position to be in with you as the head coach. What makes you, I mean, and the, the swim swam comments aren't always friendly and they seem to be just glowing about you too. So that's usually a pretty good sign as well. What, what makes you such a great coach? Give us a good picture of what you do so well. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing uh, that I would say with my athletes is over the years is that I care about them. Like I truly care about them and their journey um, and doing my best to treat them as equal as I can through those, through the, their process here as a student athlete and meet them and their demands and their needs wherever they're at, you know, whether it's help, helping them in life. A lot of times I view myself not even as a swimming coach, but as a life coach, you know, and I think, we almost need to rephrase sometimes our, our, our title because uh, a lot of the, the things that come to our table, yes, the impact may be swimming related or have something to do with swimming down the road, but a lot of it's just life, you know, and just, just being able to listen, I think is key. I think a lot of times people speak, but they're not actually heard. Um, so for me, I think I come across genuine and, and with, with a heart that cares and truly wants to be there to support our student athletes through whatever they're going through and also hold them accountable to their goals and objectives that they have. Let's get a little better picture as well of, of you and your training uh, thoughts. I, I know that you were the sprint coach at Louisville, but what are some of the things that you really want to make sure are a big piece and a big focus as you set up the training plans uh, there at Notre Dame? 
for me is engagement. Bottom line, it's engagement. I am, I, I easily get bored myself as a coach. So staying engaged on deck as a coach is important to me. So if I write a practice or we write a practice and it's not flowing, it doesn't work and it, we're in zombie mode or they're not engaged, it, there's, what's, what's the point? So I think with this generation specifically, I think they always go back to the why. Why are we doing this? And so really communicating up front, you know, I'll take the extra five, 10 minutes out of practice all day to communicate, okay, this is the set. This is why we're doing it. This is how it applies to the specific training, the cycle, the breakdown, everything that goes into that. And then this is how it specifically uh, applies to your performances in the pool, to competition. So really focused on engagement, quality, um, strategy-based training. So if we're doing 100 pace work, not only are we getting that quality, but we're working in our actual strategy in that work. Um, takeout mode, turn mode, uh, back half mode, finish mode, all of these different gears that we're really focused on and staying engaged. And then back to the, the components. I think the athleticism piece um, is crucial, especially in short course yards with college swimming. Uh, being as athletic as, as we possibly can, both in and out of the pool. Um, so, but, but that's, that's the environment I'm, we want to create here. You know, it's exciting. Um, it's supportive. You know, the amount of, we had practice this morning, the amount of go Irishes that I, I heard throughout the morning, it, it just gives you goosebumps. You know, it gets you excited and it gets the kids engaged, our student athletes engaged. And they get a little taste of it. And over time, they get hungrier and hungrier for more. And then all of a sudden, things are rolling. Confidence is high. And we have some momentum to build off of. Can you give us an example set of an engaging set? And I could give you more parameters if you want as far as, you know, a sprint focus, a 100 pace focus. I've never heard it as a takeout. But I understand that's like front end speed, I'm assuming. Um, yes. Yeah. So like a uh, 100 pace set that I like to commonly work with our um, – our sprinters are a hundred guys um, and worked with Mallory and Kelsey and Andre Barna. Um, we'll do a series or a sequence is what I would call it. And it's basically off the block um, and we'll go a 35 takeout. So this is long course meters. And in preparation for world championships, we've done this set a few times. We'll do a 35 takeout. Sometimes this will be suited. Sometimes it will be unsuited just to get into that rhythm, what that free speed feels like, um, repetition, you know, really at the appropriate gear that we want to hit. I think a lot of times when we do quality, when we call it 100 pace, is it really, you know, are we actually clicking and firing at that gear? So 35 takeout, and then we'll take a little bit of easy and we'll work some 30s. So basically facing the 50 wall, we'll go 15 in fast. So we're working the second 25. And then we'll work that turn coming off into the third 25 off the 50 wall. And we can do a 30. We can extend that to a 40. So it's 15 in, third 25, full 25. And then we can also, we'll, we'll go and take some easy and then we'll go and do the full back half 50. We might rep that once. We might rep it two or three times, hit it back, back half 50. Um, and then through that, they can obviously simulate and work coming off that 50 wall, what that third 25 looks like. What are they doing with their legs? And then approaching the 425, what does finish mode work look like? Is there a breathing pattern change? Are we putting our head down at 15 meters? Whatever specific strategy for the student athlete that we're trying to work, it's tailored specifically to them. 
And then we'll take even more easy and we'll come back and we'll hit that 425. So we're going to microscope it and really focus in on that last little bit. Okay, now let's break it down. Here's this 425. When it comes down to it, when it matters the most, when you're head to head, what are you going to do that's going to make the difference? So um, that's, a, that's an example of a, a pace quality type set that builds in the strategy of, what, of the work we're trying to do. And you start that fourth 25 from mid pool without a wall so that you have to create your own speed and then finish. Correct. Yep. Cool. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate yeah. it. I know the viewers will get into that too. That's a great set. Awesome. Um, so let's kind of shift from the training focus into that culture focus. And you talked about the Louisville culture being like a family um, and you know, that that's wonderful. And, but just like a family, there's usually also some times when you don't like each other. And I tell athletes all the time that being a good teammate is harder than being a good friend because you see different sides and you have to deal with things like a family. So how, how do you set up that culture in a healthy way where there's room for, um, you know, not, not always liking each other. There's room for the culture to be healthy, but also a, a culture that pushes and that, you know, tests boundaries and is able to really get the best, even if that best and that pushing of the boundaries looks different for each individual. How do you set up a culture um, that is able to embrace all of that in a healthy way? Yeah, I think, I think the foundation of that is communication. Communication to me is the foundation of almost everything we're doing. So it's communicating often and frequently and staying consistent with our communication. Um, so it's finding a, a platform that we can build that communication off of. What is Notre Dame and where are we at now and what do we need to directly focus on? And that's really the student athlete experience and the support and appreciation for one, one another and their goals and their aspirations. So what, what does that look like? And communicating that frequently. You know, it's a simple thing of having a post-practice um, a meeting this morning. We had uh, VO2 this morning. We did a shout out series. You know, it's something little like that, that takes five minutes, but the value of that, and you do it consistently over time. You have student athletes making shout outs. You could tell they were like, okay, what do I do? Like, it was a little foreign, you know? It's like- in a shout out series? What's that? Can you explain what the shout out series yeah. is? So pretty much as a coach, it's like, oh, hey, Susie, I'm, I'm shouting out Susie because she did a phenomenal job this morning. She came in, she was mentally, you know, feeling a little rough, a little sore, but she pushed that aside. She focused on what she could win and what she could get better in. And she had a successful set because of that. And then it kind of sets this train or this domino effect of, compliments and support for one another like oh well I'm I'm proud of Josh because he hit that third 50 and he looked like he was about to throw up but he battled through and pushed through it and all of those little things small compliments like that I think is what gets us closer together um, you know and just having individual meetings with our student athletes you know sitting here and listening okay what are what's the adversity that you 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 hit what were the traps that you fell into last year okay how can we how can I take that information as the head coach and, and our staff will sit in on these meetings with us and then provide opportunities to become closer, whether it's, if it's a men's and, you know, typically a lot of situations with a combined program, sometimes you'll get a little bit of division between men and women. All right. Well, we're a combined program. What are different things we can do? Maybe it's a full team retreat. Maybe it's something on our, when we go to training camp, you know, there's different things and throughout the year that we can implement that really just builds that family culture. And I, I, get, I think too, obviously 
like you mentioned with a family, you know, like, listen, I have an older brother, like my brother and I, we fought all the time. It's part of being a family, but I love him. He loves me. We respect each other and we support each other. So it's reiterating that over and over again, we're not always going to get along. You know, we're not always going to see eye to eye, but we're going to listen. We're going to respect each other and we're going to work together through self-discipline, love and care for one another. You know, and I think that is, that's the, the, the starting point. And then where that takes us and how that fosters and how we grow that, you know, I think culture is constantly evolving. You, you don't want to just, you have your foundation, but you know, it's, don't always want to stay with the same culture for this year's team, what it will be next year. There might be similarities, but we also might have to adjust some things as well. So I think you talked a lot about that big team, the combined program, but a lot of people talk about a combined program really being three teams, a men's team, Mm -hmm. a women's team, and a combined team. How do you foster a healthy culture for the women's team separately from the men's team and and vice versa? Yeah, I I, I think, you know, I'll give the, the retreat example, um, you know, team retreat, we go and we spend um, a, a couple nights on a retreat and we have the men's for one night and the women's for another night. So you're having the men break down. They're talking about goals, what specifically they want to do as a team. We're doing captain selection. We're opening up and sharing some adversity. We're getting to know one another. And then you have some, some rollover where the men and women will have the full day together and then the men will leave and then you have the women come in and they go through the same process, goal setting, all of that stuff. So I think it's to your point, you do have that combined culture as a whole, but then you have the subcultures, you know, and, and how we tailor that specifically with our women based off what we learn about them and compare that, what we learn about our men, different things. We might have similarities and we might have to, Um, implement different activities, whether it's class dinners, uh, little things like that um, throughout the year, uh, gender specific dinners, you know, over at Kelsey's place with the women or whatever, little things like that, I think go a long way in identifying the different cultures and then learning how to also find a safe place and the right place to merge them to make sure we're getting the best out out of both worlds. Yeah. So since you're already there and, and having, would you say six weeks that you've been kind of working with them already? Have you, has anything surprised you about the program, good or bad? Anything that you didn't really realize during the uh, hiring and interview process that you're kind of on deck now? Like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, I think we're super talented. I really do. I think this team is eager and hungry. Um, I think last year was an extremely hard year for this program. Um, and so I'm excited for these guys, like they are chomping at the bit to get back to work. And so, you know, I think just with, with the zoom call, we had a full team meeting last, last night and it it was just so exciting just to, just to see their eyes kind of light up. Like the expectation, the standard, when you come back in the fall, wherever you're at doing whatever is to come back ready and prepared, you know, and, and ready to hit the ground running. Um, so just to hear that communication, uh, and they were like, listen, coach, it was, it was nice to have a meeting, you know, and that's, that, that goes a long ways, you know, and it goes back to that communication. So um, I'm excited because I do believe our student athletes here are super talented. And on top of that, uh, they're eager and hungry. I feel like they have a lot left to prove. I feel like, you know, you look at the past couple of years, COVID year, I mean, everything that went off went with that, then you have the post COVID year, then you have the coaching change, like, just some consistency, some stability 
Um, they're super excited about that. You know, I think certainly there's unique circumstances with Notre Dame admissions, with it being a high profile academic institution, recruiting will be interesting and will be a challenge. And I'm super excited to learn with admissions here on um, identifying and evaluating the right prospective student athletes. Um, but I also think it could be used as, as a tool and as a, as a positive thing to find that niche of high caliber student athletes that are really committed in the classroom. So learning through that landscape of, of the process with admissions is, is definitely interesting and different than what I'm used to, but I, I don't think that it's a bad thing either. Yeah. Along those lines, um, I know that a lot of universities have, uh, you know, with, with high academic standards, uh, give the athletic programs a couple, you know, passes. They give them a couple, you know, tickets where they can get an athlete in who might have just missed getting let into the university and, and might not have met all of the, you know, rigorous academic standards. At Notre Dame, I think that came to, to light even when uh, Brian Kelly was recently um, changing jobs and leaving Notre Dame and just talking about how that, that role and that job um, is tough because you have to get a certain level of, of uh, student in there to be an athlete. Um, is, is that the case? There's no real passes. You have to, they have to kind of meet those academic requirements first before they can even have the option to be on the athletic teams. Yeah, that, that's correct. There, there's no passes. And I think admissions, um, their goal is to make sure that the prospective student athlete is going to be set up, set up for success here at Notre Dame. You know, I don't think they want to admit somebody that doesn't have um, a background, an ac academic background that's going to help them thrive here and um, and be better, you know, student athlete when they get here. So uh, looking at rigor, things like that, you know, um, class load, incoming, what, what sort of courses have they taken, AP courses, um, really breaking it down, evaluating transcripts, and just making sure that it's appropriate fit, you know, with Notre Dame, because the last thing they want is having someone come in and just skate by and just basically survive. We want thriving student athletes here. Do you think that limits you at all in the ACC or are you, I mean, I think our sport's a little bit lucky in the fact that we tend to have a lot of good um, students and student athletes. Uh, do you think that that limits your recruiting or your ability to kind of climb up the ACC at all? I don't think so. I think it's going to take uh, some diligent work in a different way than, than probably what I've been used to. Um, and I think I can, using it as a positive thing, you know, listen, this is a place where it's a top 20 university in the country, you know, and um, you know, I heard a stat the other day, it's uh, one of the only top 20 universities where um, all 20 sports have been in the, or excuse me, all sports have been in the top 20 in the last six years, you know, so um, it's pretty impressive combination. And to be able to recruit with that helps out, helps out a lot. So super excited to kind of dig into that. Obviously, um, the calendar is here and the season is upon us. And uh, we're, we're already navigating uh, through the database and trying to find the right fit and that balance between academics and athletics. But I think we can use it as a huge resource and a positive thing to get the right people here at Notre Dame. Can you talk a little bit about the challenge that is the ACC conference these days? I know that your time at Louisville, you know, you kind of transitioned from a couple different conferences, but for the last five or six years, you've been in the ACC. Um, how do you see it comparing to other conferences and, and yeah, like what will it take to start to climb those ranks with some of the best teams in the country? That's a great question, Gary. I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think it's the best conference in the country. 
Um, and it certainly has grown tremendously over the past few years, you know, so we have some great programs in the ACC and it's an honor to be able to compete um, with those programs, you know, so really for us, we're going to take it one day at a time, one step at a time and see where it takes us. It's not getting 10% better in one thing, but it's 1% 1, 1 better in 10 things. Um, I believe that, you know, obviously recruiting is, is a big big piece and a big factor in this and finding student athletes and prospective student athletes that want to dream big and climb the ladder and build a championship team at the ACC level and pursue building a top 10 program. Um, so we have our work cut out for us, but we're excited about the challenge. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't want those things. I want to be, I think it's in, in, in our nature, you know, it's natural for us to want to compete at the highest level and embrace that challenge, you know, so it's exciting. Um, and, and I get excited. Our staff gets excited. It's like, all right, here, here's what we can do here. Here's how we can build it. Just breaking it down, ACC scoring times, what we're looking at, um, and, and what's going to be the right fit for us and what, you know, class by class is super exciting. But yeah, I, I think, um, I really believe, especially from an ACC conference is the growth, the rate at which it's improved. I think it's one of the best, if not the best conferences in the country. Yeah. It, but there's no doubt it's going to take a lot of work in order to, to accomplish that and to be able to climb. And that competitive drive is a big factor for all swimmers. And I'm sure your athletes, just like you, um, want to get better. But at the same time, a lot of push, especially these days with student athletes, is making sure they're enjoying the process and, and having fun. What kind of things can you do? I know that some coaches you know, probably would shy away from the idea that swimming would be fun. But I think the coaches who are going to be successful moving forward have some idea of how to make it enjoyable um, what kind of things do you do to make sure that swimming stays fun as you really go through the grind here to try to climb up the ACC? Yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to kind of the structure of that pace set that I described earlier. Um, that's direct engagement uh, where they get excited about because they know the why. Um, so that over time, hopefully they, they view that as fun, even though it is extremely challenging. Um, you know, and embracing embracing those moments like, I think with a growth mindset and the willingness to have open arms, like I'm ready, let's go, you know, throw it at me. Having that mindset every day, having the opportunity when you walk in these doors, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do it. Like you want to do it, you know, and, and this is a, whether your day, it's like kind of like being a parent. If we have bad days, we get to go home and see our kids. It, it resets, it can reset, you know, and it's the same thing with, with the pool. Like you walk in through those doors, you have the opportunity to have the best practice or at least the best mindset and attitude to have the best practice that you possibly can. Um, so I think just, again, communicating what that means and an attitude of gratitude and appreciation always takes you places. Like when you appreciate the opportunity that you get to be at a place like Notre Dame, get to be a student athlete, get to do it with this family, um, and you get to work. There's nothing like college athletics swimming. Swimming as a sport is very individual in many ways. And then you get to, you get to college and it's, it's this team sport more than it's ever been. And embracing and truly valuing that experience for me um, and communicating that to our student athletes. That's fun. That is fun. You know, accomplishing your goals. That's fun. Overcoming adversity. That's fun. Um, you know, we'll do different things. Like we, we did a fun vertical kick set the other day. We had these little stress balls and kind of like a baseball line when you're throwing up the baseball, warming up. 
And um, we had the center line as the middle, and then we had both swimmers on the other line. And they had to throw it and catch it, and then both sides had to catch it, and they scoot back a line, and then a little bit further. And obviously, you're you're using vert, you're doing vertical kick, which is great for the legs, um, and it's a challenge to stabilize the core so you're not wobbling and you're trying to throw. Um, but it's also fun. It's different. And they get to communicate with each other and, and cheer on each other. It got down to, it was kind of a race at the end. And the last group, you know, was there for a little bit <laughs> struggling and he had everybody else like, come on. And the last person would throw, you know, before on their very last throw and everyone would be like, Oh, and then ah, they caught it. Like it was a miracle, <laughs> you know? And, um, but those are the little things that I think it just breaks it up. Some of the work it's doing, um, you know, social kick. That's one of the most popular sets, you know, fun sets. Okay. What is social kick? Do we just have them kick together and talk about whatever? Sure. Or do we guide it? You know, do we got it? You're going to kick three 100s. Here's three topics. You're going to switch partners every 100. The first hundred, let's talk. What is your favorite? What was your favorite Christmas present? The best Christmas you've ever got. Something fun. You're communicating that with your team, your teammate. They're learning about you. You're learning about them. It's great. You know, the next one is, why Notre Dame? What's important to you? Why are you here? Okay, you're sharing a little bit deeper information with them. Like, what are you passionate about? You know, what, what is it? And then maybe something else that, that we can go all over. But I think, again, that is engaging that's an opportunity to do something different. It's fun and you can learn something out of it as well. Those are awesome. I'm going to, I know we all steal ideas, but I'm definitely going <laughs> to all of those, including that vertical kick one, just because it, it also fits. I'm reading a book called why we swim and it fits in with the Japanese style of swimming where they're, you know, the samurais back in the day were able to somehow shoot bow and arrows while treading water and stuff like that. So there's all sorts right. of benefits to it as well. It, it checks so many boxes and I'm sure a lot of coaches are going to really appreciate all that insight with specific sets and stuff. And I think, um, you know, the other side of it that I hope uh, you can kind of help us with as well is, is the balance. Cause you've talked a lot about family. You talked about, you know, being able to, to go home and, and reset once you see your kids, you've got three boys. Um, and you know, like, I don't know that there is a perfect balance, but you, this whole move was for family. So how do you make sure that that stays the priority and that you're getting the time that you want um, there as well as you're, you know, driving and being so competitive um, as the head swim coach there in a thriving program? Um, how, how do you find the right amount of time to spend at home with your wife, with the family as well? It's a great question. And I feel like it's a never ending pursuit. You know, it's something you have to, you know, being married, you have to practice it. You just, you keep working at it and it evolves and it changes. And, um, you know, the best thing in my life is that I get to be a dad and a, and a husband. I, that, those are priority number one. And um, so fortunately I married up uh, my wife. She's amazing. She actually sent me a text the other day. She just did a marathon in Colorado. It, um, we're originally from Denver and it started at 12,000 feet and it descended down and she did a phenomenal job and she just has, has so many characteristics about her that I love, but she said, change your language instead of I should, you know, let's take flexibility as an example. Instead of I should be better at flexibility, change it to I can, you know, be better at flexibility. And then instead be, I can be better at flexibility because so add the because in there so I think just little things like that like that's a reminder like okay I should 
get home at 5.30 tonight, um, or I can get home at 5.30 tonight because I'm going to make sure I'm organized, I'm structured, I have all my, my plans, everything in place to make that the priority, you know, to make, put emphasis on that. Um, and it is, it's, it's hard. It's never, never perfect. And I think it's understanding mutually with a family, you know, that you're working together, you know, you have to work at it, uh, with each other. And, and my kids are great. You know, they, they love, they love that dad's the head coach at Notre Dame. They love it. And, uh, they, I'll also have them on pool deck as much as I can, you know, in my interview process, that was a big touching point for me. Like I want my family involved and Notre Dame is just been, that's the community piece where it's been tremendous. They're like, yeah, we want, we want the family involved. Like this is a place that is all about family for me. So I want them involved. And in turn, then the student athletes see, Oh, that's, that's Chris as a dad. That's Chris as a husband. That makes me a little bit more approachable. I think a lot of times head coaches get looked at as these like untouchable figures or like, Oh, he's, he's the head coach. He or she's the head coach you know, I, I'm human, I'm human too, you know, and I have a life. And so they can see me as a dad in front of, you know, in front of my three boys and see how crazy they are. They probably might question some of my parenting skills uh, with the way they act sometimes. But, um, you know, I think it's important to show those things. So, but anyways, I, I, again, I think it's constantly something you're, you're managing and balancing and working, uh, but just making it a priority you know, making a priority. And the number one priority for me is that. So I'll make sure of it. Last question. And this is, you know, hopefully a fun one because it's specifically for what you do for fun and with all of those priorities as a coach, as a husband, as a dad. Um, I, you know, I think that a good piece to kind of talk with all coaches and especially in our sport, we can really get kind of caught up in all those different hats or just one of those hats and kind of forget about ourselves and the self-care um, what do you do for fun? What do you do for fun to kind of balance it all out a little bit? That's, that's correct. I think Gary, you hit it like coaches wellness and, um, it, it needs to be a priority. And I think it's something we need to focus on and it, there's been initiative, but I think certainly, um, it's an important topic and, um, and, you know, post COVID with the, the amount of coaches, I feel like that we're losing for X, Y, and Z. And I, you know, I think, for me, it's just making sure that I'm also goal setting individual goals. I'm having things uh, that I re rely on and that keep me stable. So fitness is always one of those um, trying to stay busy. I did an Ironman a few years ago uh, and just staying active, uh, ha trying to create new challenges. I've been back, probably can't tell, but I've been back in the weight room a little bit more. Um, just trying to build some consistency in that and have some goals, build some strength. Um, and also too, I think, it's great because I can go over there with the team and, and maybe join in it on a, on a workout, um, see what they're doing, go through the pain uh, and get a better idea of what they're actually going through. So, um, but yeah, little, little challenges like that, you know, but also too, for me, the joy, like my personal joy is, is seeing my kids play a baseball game, you know, or, um, or even, even in school, you know, with academics, uh, my oldest, was part of the beta club this year and seeing him achieve that and being able to go to the assembly that announced that that assembly being able to go that, I mean, it's awesome. Again, it's like, what an amazing opportunity to be a dad and, and to enjoy that with him. And so that love, you know, that, that we share with each other is, is what I get out of it. And it keeps me as balanced as I possibly can. And then, um, you know, I think too, just taking time away with, 
with Beth, my wife, making sure we're we're working on our marriage and our relationship. See, I value that a lot, and that helps me stay stable too. So, it's great stuff. Seems like you're in a good place, and it really feels like uh, Notre Dame has got a good coach leading the way here. So, Chris, I really appreciate your time and insight. Uh, I learned a ton in this uh, 40 minutes or so, so hopefully the viewers did as well, and uh, just really appreciate you making the time for it. Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate it, and uh, go Irish. You've been listening to the Swim Swam Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.